Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from malicious machinery to masked men. And today, we're talking about mummies. Oh, are you talking about my mum? No, I'm talking about... Oh, um, you're not? Are you sure? You sound like you are. <laughs> I'm super not. Right. So in Dungeons & Dragons, uh, mummies are undead preserved corpses that have been animated by specifically specific dark ritual and relic. Um, due to being raised with a particular mission in mind by magical means, uh, mummies are magically bound to a specific mission or rules, if you will. Uh, because of this, mummies are considered to be lawful evil creatures. Uh, essentially, they are more powerful zombies that are bound to a specific purpose, and instead of being mindless monsters, they retain some, or in the case of mummy lords, all of their former personality and mental acuity. Uh, these monsters are based off the in-real-life deceased humans of ancient culture that were preserved through a process called mummification and share the same name as their D&D counterparts. Yeah, it's like, what if they got up again, though? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's pretty much exactly it. It's like, yeah, but what if they what if they moved? Yeah, but what if they just didn't stay like that? <laughs> right. So the so the most famous of the real life mummies are those of ancient Egypt, um, which are also the ones D and D borrows the most heavily from. Uh, the mummification process of the ancient Egyptians involved the evisceration or removal of the deceased interior organs and the treatment of various minerals and oils upon the body, and then the wrapping of said body in strips of linen. Yeah, and I think you preserve those inside in jars and things. You do, yes. Well, they did. They used to, That's yeah. not really a thing that's done now, as far as well, I you know. you don't know. I don't yeah, know, you but don't what do I know? know? Well, yeah, what do you know? <laughs> well, hopefully I know something about mummies. So. Tell me about your fantasy mummies, Will. You know nothing of what I do in my basement. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I don't have a basement. So this was... This or was, do I? This was then followed by the entombment of the body in a cool, dry environment. The origin of supernatural tales of the mummy's curse isn't exactly known, but it is speculated that the idea of mummy's tomes being cursed 
uh, or tombs, sorry, mummies' tombs being cursed, uh, may have originated from the fact that grave robbers who broke into ancient tombs would often, uh, oftentimes die of sickness shortly afterwards, mm-hmm. uh, likely due to exposure to ancient uh, bacteria or stale air, air, which will fucking kill you. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, they were, a lot of coffins are booby trapped too. Were they? Were they? Were I they booby trapped a lot? Um, I said the word a lot. I know that there exists booby trapped. It's, it's a thing that may have happened at some time. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Haven't you seen the the Brendan Fraser movie? There's um, lots of lots of crazy booby oh, traps. Oh yeah, in that movie. and I love that movie. Oh, uh, also, love, for some reason, yeah. I was thinking about the old cartoon Mummy. What Mummy's Return? Oh my God! Yeah, yeah that was a good cartoon. I love that. I cartoon. can barely remember it. Yeah, I just remember enjoying the shit out what of it. But also, pull. Brandon Fraser's The Mummy is excellent. It is excellent. The Mummy and The Mummy Two. Yeah, um, I cannot speak for any other Mummy movies. Mummy's Alive. That was the name. Mummy's of the Alive. Yeah, Mummy's Alive. They were yes. like Mummy's Alive. Mummy's Return the, is the name of the sequel to The Mummy. The Mummy. Brandon yeah, with yeah. The, those ones had spoilers for The Mummy Two. Those ones had the pygmy mummies. It did. Little it did. tiny mummies. I forgot about that. I love those movies. Moving yeah. on. I love tiny mummies. So tales of undead mummy horrors are not traditional horror tales of ancient folklore or myth, but instead can be traced to the pre-Victorian era fiction novel written by Jane Loudon Webb titled The Mummy. Hmm. So there's kind of like around the same time that, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? The um, writer behind Frankenstein. Mary. Mary Shelley? Is Shelley. that Shelley? Yeah. So around the same time, I, I'm pretty sure, or at least, I mean, obviously within the same century. So I'm going to stay on my lane on this one. Me too. So, so the description of D&D mummies is essentially a more dramatic or supernatural depiction of the in real life ones, essentially uh, shambling, mostly preserved, but still rotting corpses, usually wrapped in rotting strips of linen. Their linens are usually marked with symbols of whatever ritual was used to raise them. Yeah. TP zombies. TP zombies. Uh, the creation of a mummy must be done either by a powerful priest of a dark god or entity of death or by a powerful necromancer. Uh, it starts with the embalming process, which is essentially ripped from the ancient Egyptians, um, evisceration of the organs, treatment of the body with oils, herbs, and minerals, wrapping the body in linens. Uh, where the process deviates from real life is with the inscription of symbols upon the linens, uh, which essentially spell out the instructions that bind the mummy into service. Of the dark ritualistic nature. Nature of of this bastardization of like the sacrilege, if you will. <laughs> right, indeed. That's where that's where it starts where to veer off a little bit. Off. <laughs> They're gonna bring this cat back to life. <laughs> right, let him wreck your exactly. shop. So as I was saying, these magical runes usually spell out the instructions that bind the mummy into service and prayers to whatever god's pow- god or power that's being invoked. Uh, after this body is endowed, afterwards this body is then endowed with negative energy from the priest and then entombed. Uh, entombed, sorry, in a sarcophagi. Finally, the ritualistic invocation of darkness is performed before the mummy is permanently sealed. Upon the closing of the final seal, the mummy then awakens as an undead for all eternity. Yeah, um, their, their power level is based off of like the type of wood you used for the barrel and sure. like the, the amount of aging it did yeah, while inside sure. the sarcophagus. I'm sure all the little details matter. Yeah. Um, the aeration process is very key. So they they awaken as undead uh, upon the final sealing of their tomb, but they only stir from their resting place when the conditions specified by their ritual is met. So this can be like a transgression against the tomb itself or the treasure held within or a specific crime against a specific person, people, or nation. Uh, at this point, the mummy will rise to exact revenge. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So unlike lichdom 
or even vampirism. Mummification is not usually a form of undeath sought after, with the exception of the mummy lord, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, Though fairly powerful and intelligent, mummies have absolutely no free will or agency. They are bound to obey the conditions and parameters laid down by their creation ritual. As such, most humanoids subjugated to the mummification process are done so out of punishment. Individuals who displease the high priest or criminals who committed treason or murder are likely candidates for mummification. Um, I could see evil individuals being considered as a choice subject. Oh, camera did it again. Will, I got it. I caught it when it happened, though. Thank you. (laughs) So, uh, oh, yeah, I was saying that I could see that evil individuals are probably considered to be more choice subjects because they've already gathered negative energies (laughs) from their life choices. Sure. So making the ritual a little less intensive, you know, it's like you don't got to put as much effort because they're already halfway there. Yeah. The better ingredients, right? Like fresher, like grass fed evil. Like I said, all the little details, they matter. Yeah. (laughs) So one interesting. This this bad guy ate organic. (laughs) He's going to ripen up real quick. Right, sure. Um, So one interesting utilization of mummification stated is the use of mummies as lore or information repository. So mummification of wise men or historians can protect valuable information from being lost to time. And since mummies can speak, some powerful individuals might keep mummies sequestered away for secret consultation. Okay. Let's take a short rest. Let's take a short rest. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my humble abode, the part of the show where we leave our coats at the door filled with all the information from that last part of the episode. Welcome to this 
two-seater sofa I have here. <laughs> Me and Will can fit on this one cushion. You can fit on the other. That's right. It's a love seat. Indeed it is. Welcome to it. You've Welcome been sitting in it. it this whole time. <laughs> you just didn't know it. You didn't know it. Thanks for listening to the show. We really appreciate you being here. Indeed we do. Speak specifically, Will, of your love. I specifically love you, the listener. Thank you. Will. And or watcher. Thank oh, you. I guess you're just listening now because you can't see me regardless. Oh, whatever. Indeed. Whatever. It's clever. That being clever. said, uh, we have an ongoing consuming contest. Our content. We have a contest. Will, tell them of the contest. <laughs> okay, I, I shall. I'm trying to. So we're giving away a copy of the new and upcoming Eberron book, Eberron Rising from the Last War, uh, coming out on November 19th. And if you want to enter this contest to win that book, all you have to do is share our 5e live play SuperQuest Saga uh, that could be the YouTube uh, episodes or just the, the podcast link, depending on the podcast app that you so choose to use. And uh, if you share it on Twitter, just use the hashtag SuperQuest. And if you share it on a different social media, uh, be that Facebook or something else that I don't know about because I'm getting older these days and these things are falling through the cracks for me. And uh, <laughs> what was I? What was I saying? Oh, God. I know what those are. Stop. (laughs) Just stop. Not on this show, sir. This is also my show. Uh, And on on my side, we'll draw the line right here, Will, right down the middle. On my side of the show, I'll do what I'll do the pop culture references I want to do. And on your side of the show, you can talk about the Dodgers all you want. Fine. Fair enough. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So if you share it on other social media, just uh, go ahead and email us like a snapshot to prove that you did it. And then um, Brian handles the Instagram so he can tell you how that works. Yeah, I have the Instagram. I'll start posting like a regular person eventually. Uh, I do a lot of story work. Anyway, I'm going to post on there about this contest and you can (laughs) tag two people in it and enter the contest. Two different ways to enter one prize to claim. And we'll be announcing the winner on November 19th. So yeah, help us out. Share SuperQuest Saga. We really, really want to get that show out there. Yeah, and it's really not hard to want this book. It's got a dinosaur, a robot, and a dude with a boomerang on the front. So it's let's true. get in there and go back to the show. <laughs> let's go back Is that to the you show. over there, show? Will, let's go. I we see gotta, the show over there. We have to get back. We have to get back. Finally made it back. Indeed. Back to the show. Here we are. So when it comes to the abilities of mummies, mummies are uh, more than simply animated corpses like zombies. Uh, Mummies are granted great physical strength by the magic that raises them. Uh, Furthermore, they can also or they also carry a virulent curse that acts like a disease known as mummy rot. Oh, now, they just rub their nasty paper paper <laughs> bodies on you. Indeed. Now, this curse can be inflicted by a mere touch of a mummy, and it is fatal if untreated. It essentially rots away the victim's body slowly and at sections at a time. So once one section of the body is fully rotted, it falls off the victim and a different section begins to rot. <laughs> and, the, and they become mummies. And well, No, no, then they just die. Oh, they just die. Yeah, they just and die. then they just die. They just, like, their body rots and now they're gone. Okay. Okay. So another key ability of mummies is their dreadful glare, which can immobilize victims with fear as the mummy descends upon them to give them a disease. That's like the Gibdo in um Yes. In it's like the Gibdo from Legend of Zelda. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the mummy rot part. That part doesn't happen. Well, they do jump on you and like do like a super full body yeah, hug. They do kind of starts... hump the shit out of you. It's weird. Oh man. I'm just but a child. Please. It's also scary. It's very we're, scary. We're facing those, the... those in the Wind Waker playthrough we're doing on TDC plays right they, now. They fucking scream at you yeah, and then you're landlocked. They scream at you. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, yeah, it's horrifying. I don't know what I did right now. It wasn't a scream. It was like no, a chick- that was like, was a, like chicken a chicken box. Which would be equally terrifying coming from that horrifying <laughs> visage. But. Fucking coo- undead cuckoos. 
<laughs> so let's talk about Mummy Lords. I've been putting it off, but it's time. <laughs> I am the Mummy Lord. I so, am Imhotep. <laughs> so, or as Second Edition calls them, uh, Greater Mummies. Um, okay. <laughs> both equally correct. Death comes for all men, but the wizards can. <laughs> Thank you, Will, for that morbid tidbit. It's true. But the wizards can choose to cheat death by turning to lichdom. Uh, Non-wizards have some lesser options. Um, Tyrannical monarchs or high priests who may wish to never see their rule or power diminish might turn to mummification as one said option. Under the direction of only the most powerful of priests can this ritual be can the mummification ritual be increased to such potency that the resulting undead would retain all faculties and autonomy that they had in life paired with extremely potent necromantic powers? Uh, I call this one the Lich Light. The Lich Light. So Diet Lich. Diet Lich. Here we go. Physically, mummy lords resemble their lesser counterparts in pretty much every way, but most are easy to discern from regular mummies due to the fact that they're usually intoned wearing opulent garments of their former station, you know, gold, jewels, crown, armor, etc., um, again, the primary difference between the two is in power level. So, mummy lords wield an arsenal of spells, including Contagion, Insect Plague, and Animate Dead. Uh, they also have access to spell-like abilities like uh, Blinding Dust, Channel Negative Energy, Whirlwind of Sand. Mm. Um, they get layers with layer actions, and as well as they still have the mummy rot and the dreadful glare of lesser mummies. Okay. But they also have this natural ability to control undead around them. So Ooh, cool. they can just take command of undead armies. Nice. A very lich-like. Um, another thing separating the Mummy Lord in power level is the resilience to death. So part of the ritual to create the Mummy Lord is the separation of the organs from the body and the placement of them in jars. And so long as the heart of the Mummy Lord remains intact, the Mummy Lord cannot be permanently destroyed. Got it. So when the Mummy Lord drops to zero hit points, it turns into dust and then reforms 24 hours later at full strength in close proximity to wherever it keeps its heart. Mm. So essentially it has a phylactery. Except yeah. for the phylactery is its heart. It doesn't get to choose something else. Yeah, it's like a booth phylactery. Yeah. And, you know, hearts are fragile, while a lich's phylactery might be something very not fragile. Yeah. So it's just a, smart, a, a smart lich. Yeah. A mummy lord just has like an ice chest somewhere with their heart in it. Yeah. Like keep yeah. it from rotting. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> so any questions about mummies or mummy lords before we uh, take a look at some of these stats? Yeah, I want to know the, the set, the power set. So the stats? Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, sure. Um, so let's start with the mummy. So the mummy is a challenge rating three, so it's like a lot stronger than a zombie. I think a zombie is like half, a challenge rating one half, or something like that. Armor class is low, though, only 11. 58 HP, so they're HP bags. This is a great um, horde monster. This is a monster, one of the few, that actually has a vulnerability. Ooh. Fire. Let them on me on fire. Takes double damage. All that paper. Indeed. Uh, they are resistant. Fine linens. They are resistant to bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage from non-magical weapons. They're immune to necrotic and poison damage. They are immune to being charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, or poisoned. They have dark vision, and they know all languages that they knew in life. So the mummy has two attacks and a multi-attack, which includes both of them. So the two attacks are Rotting Fist and Dreadful Glare. So... Rotting fist. <laughs> they look at you and punch you. <laughs> they look at you and then they punch you in the face. Um, plus five Just like to that hit. like a jock guy at the bar. Damn him. Plus five to hit. Um, only one target. 2d6 plus three bludgeoning damage plus 3d6 necrotic damage from all that rot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if the target is a creature, uh, it must succeed in a DC 12 constitution saving throw or be cursed with mummy rot. The cursed target can't regain hit points and its hit point maximum decreases 
by 3d6 every 24 hours that elapse. If the curse reduces the target's hit point maximum to zero, the target dies and its body turns to dust. The curse lasts until removed by the remove curse spell or other magic if there's uh, there's another option. Yeah, some homebrew cleric temple stuff. Yeah, and then the dreadful glare is the mummy targets one creature it can see within 60 feet of it. If the target can see the mummy, it must succeed on a DC 11 wisdom saving throw against this magic or become frightened until the end of the mummy's next turn. Mm. If the target fails the saving throw by five or more, it also it's also paralyzed for the same duration. Target must the, A target that succeeds the saving throw is immune for 24 hours. Okay. So the thing is, multi-attack is they can dreadful glare and then punch you. Right. So... Or they could dreadful glare one person that's getting away and then punch the person that they already dreadful glared. Pretty so. much like Gibdos. So pretty much like Gibdos and um, or Redads, also really potent. Like these are some nasty beasties to send at some people. Yeah, these are high level uh, mob. Yeah, mob, indeed. Mob beasts. Yeah. So um, we got the Mummy Lord stat block. But I also forgot to print out the layer actions. Do we have a monster manual on hand? Uh, yeah, let's take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break. And we're back. Back and, again. Uh, not only do mummies have mummy lords have layer actions, but they actually have regional effects. So, thank you, Monster Manual. Indeed. So, a mummy lord's temple or tomb is warped. Oh, excuse me. Is warped in any of the following ways by the creature's dark presence. Food instantly uh, molders, and water instantly evaporates when brought into the layer. Ooh, oh, wow! I like that. If you're going for a survival feel, and it's like a massive temple. And your mouth just dries out because you're a nasty mouth breather. <laughs> so there's a there's a comic I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's a it's a nerd comic. It's really really D and D based, but um, it was making fun of four E for being super easy. Okay, and like because the older editions were much more brutal, and we even see that nowadays where there was a lot more instant death, like saving throws and stuff, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it was just like one guy teaching a DM how to be brutal on his players. And like <laughs> then he makes him fight like a sand dragon with like a sand attack that like turns all um, all liquids evaporates them to dust. And he, he, it was like he goes. So the, the dragon breathes uh, sand on you, turns all liquids that you guys carry into dust. And then the other guy's like, and that means all liquid. Guess how much water the human body contains. Oh, God. And it, was, it was it was silly, but it was funny. But anyways, it reminded me of that. So the second uh, regional effect is divination spells cast within lair by creatures other than the mummy lord have a 25% chance to provide misleading results. So again, getting lost in the mummy's tomb. Oh, wow. As determined by the DM, if a divination spell already has a chance to fail or become unreliable when cast multiple times, that chance increases by 25%. Yeesh. A creature that takes treasure from the lair is cursed until the treasure is returned. The curse target has disadvantage in all saving throws. The curse lasts until removed by a removed curse spell or other magic. Just like the mummy. Indeed. So those are the regional things. Yeah. With Brandon Fraser. Oh, yeah. Um, layer actions. So here we go. All layer actions occur on initiative count 20. Each undead creature in the lair can pinpoint the location of each living creature within 120 feet of it until initiative count of 20. So invisibility will not work. Each undead in the lair has advantage on saving throws against effects that turn undead until, ooh, so potent against clerics until initiative count 20 on the next round. Until initiative count 20 on the next round, any non-undead creature that tries to cast a spell a fourth level or lower in the Mummy Lord's lair is racked with pain. Ooh. The creature can choose another action, but if it tries to cast the spell, it must take make a DC 16 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, it takes 1d6 necrotic damage per level of the spell, and the spell has no effect and is wasted. Oh, man. That is brutal. That's 
brutal on spellcasters, it's brutal on clerics, and it really is great for undead creatures. Yeah, I mean, you want to balance <laughs> out the combat effectively, and if you're rolling right. in there with a the cleric, you need to kind of neutralize it because it's a big tipping point in the combat. True, it really is. So uh, let's actually talk about the Mummy Lord set. So this is a very powerful creature. This I know is, it sounds well balanced though so far. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. And I think it's creative. And uh, so the Mummy Lord is again very very powerful. We're looking at a challenge rating of fifteen. So I think a Lich is nineteen. Okay. So it's up there. And um, it's pretty high. This is definitely this could be a campaign ender if he chose to end at like level thirteen or fourteen or whatever. Mm, okay. Um. So anyways. Uh, armor class 17, hit points 97, which is actually pretty low um, for a creature this powerful. Vulnerability to fire, that's another, that's a, that's a tough one. Well, yeah. Any type of vulnerability on well, especially uh, fire, final bosses. That's a tough. very popular yeah. spells are fire based. But you can make, as a dungeon master, you can like take some precautions to make fire like less of a viable option. Yeah, okay. I mean, the drying, this place drying out is not a good indicator. That's true. Of, like, that's not, that. Yeah, that's, not, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, oh well. yeah, I'll just throw my water skin and ignite it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Now. Yeah. So, um, vulnerability to fire, immune to necrotic poisoning, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical weapons, immune to charmed, exhausted, frightened, paralyzed, poisoned. Um, all languages are new in life, it knows. So let's get into the, the juicy stuff. So first off, magic resistance. The mummy lord has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. Wonderful. Um, your storage is full on this phone. Oh, well, that'll be that. That'll be that. I'm gone. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Rejuvenation. A destroyed mummy lord gains a new body in 24 hours. If its heart is intact, regaining all its hit points and becoming active again, the new body appears within five feet of the mummy lord's heart. Spellcasting. So a mummy lord is considered to be a 10th level spellcaster. Its spellcasting ability is wisdom. Um, and the mummy lord has the following spells. It's got a lot of spells. I'm not going to list them all, but I'll list like the top four or five. It has the harm spell, insect plague, contagion, guardian of faith, divination, dispel magic, and animate dead. It's pretty um, powerful stuff right there. It has the same rotting fist and dreadful glare attack that normal mummies have, except for like they're boosted in damage and whatnot and okay, boosted in, in, in saving throw. Definitely makes sense. And then you get a plethora of legendary actions, including simple things like just extra attacks, but also an ability called Blinding Dust. Blinding Dust and Sand swirls magically around the Mummy Lord. Each creature within five feet of the Mummy Lord must succeed on a 16 constitution saving throw or be blinded. Blasphemous Word. The Mummy Lord utters a blasphemous word. Each non-undead creature within 10 feet of the Mummy has to make a 16 constitution saving throw or be stunned. So it can blind you, it can stun you, it can channel negative energy, which the Mummy Lord magically unleashes negative energy and creatures within 60 feet of the Mummy Lord, including ones behind barriers and around corners, oh. can't regain hit points until the end of the Mummy Lord's next turn. Now that is really good. Cannot apply chapstick. Mm -mm, not happening. Yeah, you're so dry. And lastly, the legendary action, Whirlwind of Sand. The Mummy Lord magically transforms into a whirlwind of sand, just like in the movie The Mummy. It says that right there. <laughs> Moves up to 60 feet and reverts to its normal form. Can't believe it says that. I know, right? While in whirlwind form, the mummy lord is immune to all damage, and it can't be grappled, petrified, knocked prone, or restrained, or stunned. Equipment worn or carried by the mummy lord remains in its possession. You forgot that move is called the Imhotep. It's just you see the you see that fool's face in the tornado as it <laughs> right. moves towards you. It's like Indeed. exactly its mouth gets like extremely long, <laughs> right? Like yes, way exactly. longer than it's supposed to be. <laughs> so, any questions about mummies or mummy lords? Um, I really like this. this it's fun. Creature. It's fun stuff. Um, yeah, I would just man. What if your eyes just like blew up because of the water dehydration stuff? Exactly. Don't walk in there with it your says, eyes open. All liquids, my all friend. All liquids. 
<laughs> the liquid on my eyes evaporates away. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, gross. And with that being said, I think we can get ready for a long rest. And before we go, uh, I guess we'd like to talk to you about Super Quest Saga. 5e D&D Live Play, where we play uh, D&D in space. It's on YouTube, and it's a podcast. So yeah. if you go on and leave it an iTunes review, that's really helpful. It is. And anytime that you guys are watching our YouTube videos, if you can hit the like and subscribe, that's always just Super great helpful. for visibility on the show. Absolutely. Uh, thanks for everybody who check, checks out our DD5 series. Um, it's oh, yeah. D&D in five minutes. Those videos, uh, they're just on YouTube, but they get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were designed to help new players break into the game at, at a glance, you know, Indeed. and see if this is f- for them or not. Right. Um, so the, the, those videos have been really successful. Me and Will worked hard on putting those together. So thanks to everybody who, you know, goes and watches that and clicks the like and subscribe and leaves the the uh, podcast reviews. All that stuff really, really helps us. But the thing that helps us the most is telling somebody about the show, which is why we do the con- types of contests we do. Indeed. Um, that's all I got, man. All right. With that being said, we can call it a game. Goodbye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.